All right, guys, welcome back. I want to thank Cody again. We're going to bring on our next guest here. Um, Jeremy, you want, to, you want to introduce our next guest? Yeah, so I uh, want to thank Brandon a whole lot. Uh, Brandon Raymer, uh, obviously we know the Raymer name. Uh, if you're watching this, you very likely know this name, uh, but may not know Brandon that well. And we want to get Brandon on here and really appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule, which we're going to get into a little bit and how uh, busy he is these days. Uh, so welcome, Brandon, to the show. Uh, how's it going, man? How are you? Uh, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, Chris, you're uh, camera focused. Maybe yeah. uh, move a, yourself out, move yourself back. I'm trying. Hey, there. Look, there hey, let's this magic. This is about Brandon. No, you're right. But, but you know what, Chris? You're so pretty, man. We got to make sure you're in That's focus. Everyone's got to see this. Absolutely false. So, <laughs> all right, Brandon. Um, so a lot of people probably know the Raymer name. Okay. that That's not much of a secret, but I can tell you as maybe a 410 snob, uh, sprint car snob, I don't, maybe if there's a lot of people like me, they may not know your whole history, your racing career and history. And I, I think I know a little bit, but I think I might not even know the beginning. So can you go back a little bit and tell us a little bit about your racing career, when you got started? Uh, I mean, I know you were born into it, but when you actually started driving. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I only really started racing when I was 14. It was kind of hard, dad racing all the time, every weekend. Um, we really didn't even go through quarter midgets, doing, didn't do anything when we were younger. But we raced um, them speedsters for about, I think it had to be about five, six years. Um, we were like traveling around with Richie Tobias when the Speedway Entertainment, you know, really started bringing them out. Um, and honestly, it was a lot of fun. Um, we went to Williams Grove, Lincoln Speedway. I've been up to Weedsport with it. Um, Paradise Speedway, Dunhill, Five Mile Point. Um, a couple tracks that, like I said, Five Mile Point's gone. So that was cool traveling around there. I mean, 410 racing for me, you know, kind of is consistently around Lincoln. So a series where you travel is, you know, something different. It kept me kind of a little bit more fresh. But it was just, it was something we did every now and again. I, I don't think we really... I think only really raced about 15, 18 times, but, you know, getting, when we were racing Kutztown too, we only raced there one year until we actually started to get out of it. But um, on Wednesdays, my dad was able to go with, um, that was a cool experience. Um, you know, it, it was totally, totally different. I mean, it's easy to go to the racetrack and help my old man out. And I, I started later than what Freddie did, but then you actually get behind the wheel of something and kind of put into perspective of, you know, how hard driving is, all that goes into it. It definitely was a learning curve, but uh, did them, like I said, for five years with Speedsters. Only did about, I think only five races in the 305. And, uh, and we really just only got the car going. We had like, uh, I think I only finished about three out of the five races. And dad told us, <laughs> time to go 410 racing. And, <laughs> and, that, and that was it. Then we <laughs> went 410 racing. So I was kind of a little bit more green to it i didn't get you know no 358s for one or two years didn't really get to do much 305 racing traveling around but like i said jumping into a 410 it was a big learning curve um and i'm obviously still learning but uh you know it's like i said i i wouldn't want to do it any other way but it's just the way how, how things worked out too so that's funny just hearing that because that <laughs> i learned something that i didn't know i just 
I guess I just safely assumed that you and Freddie started the same time, raced all the same things, did all the same stuff, and kind of here you are. Uh, not that that makes a difference, but I, I don't know if I I knew that. And I knew you did speedsters. I don't know if I even knew the five three hundred five races because I think at that time of when you went through that, I don't know if I was following three hundred five as much. And I I just I don't know if I remember that. And again, it was only maybe five races, so it's easy to forget even if I did know, right? So yeah, honestly, I forget about them. <laughs> so. Um, in the seasons in those speedsters, that's obviously, I've seen those things run. Um, you know, they, they kind of look like a handful, even though you may not be going blazingly fast, they look pretty competitive, close, tight racing. Did, what did you take the most from those cars that you could take anywhere into a 410? They, I mean, to me, from an outsider, as a big, dumb fan, I, I would say nothing because there's, there's not a lot of similarities there, but what did you take from that? If anything? Uh, I'd say probably a couple things. I mean, at the time, um, like Richie was trying to bring in bigger name drivers like Rick Eckert, Billy Pouch, um, Kenny Brightbill. So, I mean, I'm 17, 18 years old racing with them guys at Kutztown. So, I mean, you really, you really couldn't beat that. I can never, that's like going to the Chili Bowl and racing against them guys. But like I said, it's, I couldn't do that on a weekend, weekend, week out deal. But um, I'd say they're kind of like a midget slash modified the way they handle. Um, you definitely steer a lot more with them. Um, I mean, after getting into a sprint car, sprint car, you turn the wheel <laughs> a couple inches and it steers right in with a speedster. You're hacksaw on the wheel. And, you know, at least that's what I was doing. But so there was kind of some transitioning things that, you know, it's just kind of like when the 358s had them smaller dished wings, guys were dropping their arms a lot more going in versus now with the five by five wing, they got to be a lot smoother. They don't steer as much. Right. They might be a little heavier and bog on the curb or something, but just something little to get used to like that. But really they were affordable race cars to run. I had a lot of fun doing it. It was pretty good pricing when we were in them for running them weekend, week out. And they raced for really good money. I mean, I don't know where else you could say you ran for, two to three grand on a Wednesday, you know, it fits down and I could reuse tires two to three times. I could <clears throat> really, you know, didn't really go through many parts until I fucked something up, but you know, right. So it's a good, it was a good deal all around. And I, like I said, I'd love to do it again, but after being in a sprint car, <laughs> you, right. know, you can't, you can't really do it. So that's where like my question comes in. What, I guess, caused your dad to tell you you're going from three Oh fives after five races to a, Hey, it's four ten time. Like what, what goes into that thought process? Uh, you know, <laughs> Did honestly, you agree with that? I guess as a follow-up. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, like I said, you say 410, it's, you kind of, you got want to do it. Right. Um, I really think that, uh, and honestly, whatever my dad says, I got to do. So it's kinda, <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no arguing. Fair but, enough. <laughs> um, I would say probably just um, when it comes to payout, when I get 305 to 410, I mean, you could win every race in a 305 and unless you're traveling around like i think down in texas they race for like a thousand bucks or whatever but you know i think 300 bucks at the time is what you're making to win so you go starting pay for a 410 race where you make three to four hundred bucks and start to learn the cars more and the horsepower and how they handle or just stay in 305s and you know kind of it, it would have been like i said that's just what we were kind of want my dad wanted to do um, we had to help during the time with sponsors and everything. And we got um, 
two, two or three, 12 heads and stuff that we ran for the first two, three years. So those motors held together pretty well um, from Don Ott. And honestly, those motors, I think I went quickest around Lincoln until Hot <laughs> beat me at like 12-7. The one yeah, night. That's, a, that's a hell of a guy to get beat by, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only had it for like <laughs> 20 seconds anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> Put that in your diary. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So with when you first you know, you, get, you do the speechers and you kind of learn how to race a little bit, right? You you watch dad growing up your your whole life and you kind of you've been at the racetrack, you you get it, but once you get behind the wheel, you start to learn, right? You really start to go, okay, this is hard, uh, you know, how to set up a pass or some of the racecraft stuff. But when you got into four ten for the first time, and did it feel like it was nine thousand miles per hour? Like, was it overwhelming? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, obviously nerves get the better of you. Um, I mean obviously just kind of remembering to breathe and you know getting used to the size of the car was probably the biggest issue that i had um but you know like freddie having him and me because we started at the same time with 410s he had more 305 experience but that was only about 20 something shows and um you know everything when it comes to driving a 410 like i said it's the quickest thing on dirt so i don't know how you can't struggle or get nervous trying to get into it but yeah um if you're going to do it, I think having Fred Raymer and moon buyers at the time to help out with the cars and have a good setup, you know, to start was about 80, 90% of it besides me <laughs> actually mean, getting on the gas. You named yeah. off two guys that are, uh, they, I want them in my quarter if I were starting out yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it too, like <laughs> most of the time your average 410 team, especially if somebody's like starting out, it takes about, five to seven years if they absolutely don't know what the hell they're doing. But if you got somebody in your corner that helps with car, knows what to do, sees you as a driver and can take it and know what they need to do for the next time you go out, makes things a hell of a lot easier. And for me, um, a lot of it, which I think what separated me and Freddie at the time is my brother, he could set my dad's car up when he was 10 years old. So, you know, it hell for him or even just, knowing you know like it's impressive like freddie he could go tell you like we went up to utica rome for an all-star race with my dad and he could tell you what he had in that day Uh oh we'll wait for him to come back because that was yeah that that was about to be so really good story right there here he comes he's back he's back he's back we All right. Need to pick that back up. <laughs> yeah, uh, my bad. Uh, what I was saying is, though, like Freddie could tell you exactly what that car had that day um, and just kind of more a little bit more knowledge and stuff when it came to, you know, where to be on the racetrack, what to look for, the kind of stuff that changed throughout the last couple of years that he's tried with my dad, that he transitioned into his own deal with racing for Rich Eichelberger or just the last couple of years of him driving. So I kind of had, like I said, like it's one thing to take, you know, somebody could tell you something, but until you actually go out on the track and do it is two different things. Um, you know, for me, it was kind of like being a novice, like in speedsters, I was kind of more, I'm just going to drive the thing and I'll figure out the rest later. <laughs> but when it comes to four tens, anything you do affects the car and it could either make you terrible or it can make you exceptionally good. But, um, you know, or just even knowing what to feel when you make a change is something that, I kind of, I've gotten better in the last couple of years here, but if I think I knew a couple of years when I first started what to expect, and maybe that's either from running more or just paying a little bit more attention and 
instead of playing football in the in uh, the infield at Williams Grove. <laughs> the irony of that sentiment right there. Yeah, I yeah, mentioned I that like... I mentioned that earlier today. As like, I remember growing up. So Williams Grove infield. I I don't I don't even know if it was you were there or not. I know Freddie for sure. We're playing football in the infield <laughs> growing up. I was like, I'm going to see if Brandon knows anything about football in the infield. But here we are. <laughs> yeah, we play yeah. too much yeah. football. Yeah. Play too much football. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So you talked a little bit about, you know, uh, Freddie and his ability to remember some of these things and, you know, and how hands-on he was or, or was to maybe get, did that speed up his learning curve both off the track and on the track, you think, in a 410? Like where, you know, obviously, so like, again, this is just going to put, I think everyone's going to compare you to, right? Like, I, I think it's it's easy for everybody that any fan anywhere to compare you guys side by side. And if we look at it, Freddie's had some success. He's had a lot of wins and he, you know, he, he, he runs up front a, a lot. Right. And you're still in that learning curve. You talked about a little bit. Where do you think you fall in that category where are, you guys are trip to trip of a triplets, right? Triplets. Yeah. I have a sister okay. as well, the same age. Okay. So where did you, were you just not around as much? Did you have other, other interests elsewhere? Did not want to go, weren't there, uh, you know, to me, I would just think you're just side by side with Freddie and doing everything Freddie's doing, right? And it doesn't sound that way. What's what's that dynamic a little bit about that? You talked about the learning curve, and Freddie obviously had the 305 run racing to, to today, where you're just like, hey, I'm still learning, I'm still picking this up, which you should be. It's not like you've been doing this 25 years driving. What's right. that dynamic like from then to get to now, where the differences were? Uh, I'd probably say, like, during my younger years and stuff, it's probably just being a kid. Um, you know, do I go work on a race car or, like you said, play football in the infield? Um, you know, looking back, obviously, I would love to change it. I mean, I, I still, I think, started helping my dad when I was around, I think, four, eh, probably around 14, 15. So I still had pretty good many years till he, you know, decided to hang up his helmet. But uh, um, really, like you said, just all that stuff and all that knowledge Freddie took, I think, is a huge advantage. But, um, you know, it's just two different lengths for where Freddie's at versus me, but I think him racing a little bit more, but if I paid attention a lot more too, I think that would have been the difference. Um, now, uh, you know, I'm definitely a lot smarter. Um, uh, you know, I feel like I got a little bit more under my belt. Um, I don't really have the, um, highlights that I would like to at the moment. Um, you know, some things happen over the years, you change setups, you try different stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I only race one night a week too. So bad habits, you know, you could work out if you're running two or three nights a week versus one night a week and <laughs> it can transition onto the next to the next and you put more pressure on yourself. Um, just kind of stuff like that. It's not, like I said, it's just two different scenarios. We're two different people. Um, I respect the hell out of what Freddie does. Um, you know, he's been a hell of a mechanic for my dad. He's been a hell of a driver the last couple of years. I'd love to be in his boat. He, uh, you know, it's hundred percent deserves everything. And hopefully one day I'm there too. So. Right. I have a question. Cause like, obviously you're doing your own deal. And a couple of weeks ago, Brett Strickler was here talking about how him and Jordan navigated their racing stuff where they both had their own deal. So for you and your racing program, obviously separate from Freddie, you're working towards a lot of things, but racing wise, you're obviously trying to have a, you know, reputable career, but it seems like you have a lot going on outside of the race car. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little different. I mean, Freddie's been running 
two nights at the minimum for the last four or five years. I kind of, with, you know, chop designs and everything, it's kind of been a little bit more difficult. I mean, you know, I'd love to make racing a career, but, you know, life gets in the way. So it's kind of right. graphics and doing vehicle wraps. Um, that kind of helps me pay the bills. I paid for college when I was going through that. Um, you know, it's treated me really good. I you know, hope, hope we keep it growing. But uh, just like I said, it's that's in all things, you know, racing always seems to be the most important thing. But my business and, right. you know, building something for my life is, you know, got to right. go in front of it. Right. Like it's easy for a guy like me to sit here and be like, oh, why aren't you racing more? Because, you know, the name, but like next level, obviously you have all this stuff going on. It's just like recognizing that that stuff's great too. Like the mm -hmm. racing stuff matters, but you, you seem to have your, your plan figured out. And that's, it's really equally as cool to see from a guy like me. Yeah. No, I, it's to me, like I said, I, I, I like getting creative with the graphics and everything. It's, <laughs> pays the bills really well. Um, I just hope, you know, if I eventually grow it, then I could transition to racing a little bit more, having a little bit more freedom if I eventually hire somebody and, you know, try to not take a step back, but just let the business run itself. Um, that's probably the biggest issue I got going on right now. Um, you know, it's just anybody that calls me for my work, want to talk to me, they, you know, it's easy. I know what they need, but like I said, it's eventually I got to make that transition and I hope, you know, I can do it as easy as possible. But right. every direction I look, it's <laughs> when you hire somebody, right. it's a lot more work. It's a lot more headaches. You got another mouth to feed. So I just want to make sure I do everything right. Um, you know, you can screw up in racing, <laughs> then come back next week and it's all brand new. But you fuck up something in your life right. and in my or, uh, business, then you can't turn back. So, right. so, so I get yeah. that, and your ultimate goal is, I guess, I'm hearing it. You want to race more. It's just finding the right time to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And honestly, like with my dad and stuff, uh, you know, like I said, he did well for himself in racing, and we obviously had really good sponsors at the time when both me and Freddie were running for him. But it wasn't going to be two, three nights of racing for both me and Freddie. So, right. you know, if like I said, Freddie, he was always devoted to racing a lot more than me. So I, you know, one night a week is better than zero nights a week when it comes to racing. So, you know, that's kind of what we had to do at the time. Um, this year, actually, uh, we got pretty good sponsorship with Daikin and HVAC distributors. So I think we're going to be racing a lot more, probably about, I'm hoping 10 to 15 times at Williams Grove or run full, cool. full time at Lincoln and go away when we need to, that we might transition to places like Lernerville or just anywhere that kind of seems to be a good opportunity for our car to take in some money and just kind of change things up a little bit for our team. But, uh, you know, trying, like I said, this year seems to be in a good direction for me to change things up, get out of my, just going to Lincoln deal. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes and hopefully, uh, get to drive more, you know, for this year anyway. This is your yeah. first year in the Travis Ash five E. Am I correct? Second year, second year. Second year, okay. So, uh, how was that transition going from the family car to that? Uh, like I said, a little. It was a little rough this year. Um, towards halfway through the year, we started to kind of click a lot better. Travis and John, Todd and me, um, just everybody had their own opinions and stuff at first, and it kind of, you know, got to be. Oh well, I heard this works. Well, this guy said this, and honestly. 
Um, and my dad made a really good point. Uh, he talked to uh, Bobby Allen uh, a couple months ago or probably a year ago and said that instead of everybody focusing on, you know, what other people are doing, it's better to just focus on your program and perfect that. So that's kind of what we were doing later in the year. Um, and it seemed to help. We were changing shocks. We were changing bars all the time. And it just wasn't, I couldn't feel the car and, you know, it just really wasn't working out in the year. We had one good finish in the beginning and then we kind of plateaued and came back a little bit at the end of the year. We started showing speed with the car, but I think all the stuff that we went through this year should be a lot easier transition. Them guys know what I kind of need as a driver. Um, they kind of got in their heads, you know, as the night goes on. Like my biggest thing this year was probably um, just how we transitioned through the night. I know where to be in the beginning of the night. I know where to be at the end of the night. Everything in between was under debate. Like for sure. it was easier just falling off of what Freddie did for his car than transition over to my car. But when kind of trying to take the reins and learn how to do everything yourself and what is beneficial for the car during the night is, you know, we kind of, we definitely got hundred percent better. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping start of this year and stuff will be a little bit quicker out the gate and that'll lead to, you know, a lot better finishes and stuff. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's all it's just a learning curve. Um, like I said, transitioning away from my dad and my brother um, helping me out and everything was definitely. Have a little bit of okay. technical issues. Well, we got Jay-Z back, but yeah, we got Jay-Z back. Brandon. And then we lost Brandon. <laughs> Brandon's back. Hold on. <laughs> is that my is it me dropping or what is yeah it? I, I think it's i think it's you dropping i can't tell <laughs> all good all good yeah. but yeah i was just gonna say like i said it was just a big transition and stuff getting away from my brother and my dad's stuff and just kind of me and travis focusing on what needs what's beneficial for us because my setup that might work for me might be totally different than what freddie likes so right. trying to figure that out and do what's best for our team is what we kind of had to figure out for ourselves and like I said, I, I wish we would have caught off a little bit quicker, but I think, you know, moving forward with this year and stuff, we should be in a lot better headspace, should be in a lot better. We've got our notebook filled in, so um, should be should be a good deal. Go ahead, Jay-Z. I know you've been chomping yeah. a bit. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It was just kind of leading – it's just building on some of those questions. So I uh, got to know you guys and the team a little bit this year, this past year, and there were some good nights and some, some struggle nights and – you know, the things you learned before you got with Travis and the team, things you had success with previously just not worked. Are you different chassis engine combo, uh, shock combo? Was it kind of just relearning from scratch a little bit? Uh, I'd say probably uh, like Travis had a shock package that he wanted to try. Um, we switched to triple X um, in the beginning of the year, um, this year we're switching to Maxims because Travis always had success with Maxim cars. But really, like I said, we were kind of throwing darts at a board trying to figure out, you know, my dad had a certain shock package. We got off of that. But, uh, you know, it was kind of a little bit of everything. Um, you know, just kind of another thing, too, just trying to figure out what everybody what needed to do throughout the night. Um, just, just a bunch of stuff. So I really couldn't pinpoint one or the other, but just everything needed to started to work as one thing. And, you know, like I can't say nothing bad about triple X cars. I can't say nothing about Maxim cars, but you know, if Travis wants Maxim cars. That's what we're going to get. And 
that's I'll believe him because he had success with it. So that's what we're going to do. It seems like it's a fine line uh, between getting it right and getting it wrong uh, with these cars. They 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 seem so simple yet they're obviously pretty complicated, right? And if, like when you when you hit on something, you're like, we, we got, okay, got it. Or when you're off, it feels like it could be one of you know, it like then the cars are super complicated and could have fifty thousand things you want to that you could change or want to adapt on i mean does it does it feel like that sites where you know you you're just struggling and you just don't know what direction to kind of go between the, the the multiple smart people involved that it's just difficult to say hey uh you know this is the one thing we're missing is that f- fair to say or do you, you know is it more complicated than that uh honestly like you said you could throw everything at the car and stuff the more basic we kept the overall uh what we were doing with it, the easier things were. Um, I mean, like I said, I have a lot of laps at Lincoln, but we went to the Grove and I was buried way left. Um, I couldn't really steer with the right front into the corner. Um, and we only raced her about five or six times, but by the fifth or sixth time, I could finally feel the car. I could feel the car transition over to the right rear. I like, like I said, I got to feel the right rear in order to feel stuck um, or have any drive. But, you know, it's just, like I said, we kept it basic. We kept it simple. Um, you know, I could change every little thing. I could have a 31-inch bar. I could change freaking all the bars around the car. I could change shocks. Um, shocks, shocks, though, to me, like, if I could feel a difference, I could feel a difference in the shocks. Um, you know, like, we tried uh, twin tube shocks, and we went back to gas shocks. Um, but, you know, like I said, twin tube for me, you know, didn't really feel right. So we switched back. Um, cause that's, I've been running gas shocks since I started with 410. So it's kind of, you know, that's kind of my comfort zone. Um, be just like anybody else, whatever you start with, you get comfortable with. Um, but yeah, I mean, really it's just keeping things basic. Um, honestly, like we went to Grandview and we were pretty good there. We only raced there once. Um, had a really good race with, uh, Brent Marks in our heat race. Um, and honestly, it was a fun night just because everybody went in there with a clean conscience and, you know, there was no expectations and we kept it basic and things went pretty well. So you, you've been around the time, uh, as you know, uh, the racer, the, every, every, and you know, what the mental side of this, like in times where you're just like, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. There have been times where you're like, man, I, I don't care how bad this is. I'm going to do this forever. What are those nights like when it's just not going well for you? Like, how do you keep your kind of keep, keep your like, Hey, there, there's going to be a next week. How, how does that work for you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably a nutcase. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it, it, it's all, it's that's our kind of guy. <laughs> it's, if you believe in the car, you could do anything with it. Um, you know, and honestly, if you're not mentally there, it doesn't matter what the mechanic does. Cause you ain't going to get the car to work if you're not driving it right, or you're in the right headspace. Um, but now it's like I said, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, you know how it goes. It's one year, a guy's on fire the next year he comes back and he can't do anything right. So, um, that's kind of what, you know, keeps racing exciting. It's crazy to think how some guys you don't think are really good racers year they lose a little bit of weight they get themselves in that space and you can't beat them you know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense you don't know what the hell they did but it's just totally different you know so um 
yeah, something away from the track. So, uh, Chop Design, uh, how long? How many? How long you been in business with that? Uh, shit, legal only about three, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've probably been doing stuff with graphics for shit since sixteen years old, and I'm twenty six now. So, um, the jobs have gotten a lot more complex. There's been a lot more customers. Um, and like I said, I, I do a little bit of everything. It's not just race cars. Uh, I was lucky, fortunate enough to get hooked up with hyper racing. I do a lot of 600s for them. Um, I just finished all most of the cars for well, pretty much all the cars now with Tulsa starting, but get a big toe wrecker for, uh, but, uh, no, I did toe wreckers. I do Porsches down in Jersey. Um, do a lot of police and fire vehicles for a guy in border town. Um, did a couple boat wraps, um, just, you know, you don't know, you'll get a call one day, and, hey, I, you, I want you to do this, and yep, I'll do it, you know, so it's, it's cool, it, keep, it keep, really keeps things interesting, I I travel around a lot, like a lot of things, like I'm two hours away from Lincoln, Williams Grove, and most of the people that race or drive cars, so I kind of travel a lot, like I can get probably two cars done, it takes about four hours to let your average sprint car, but uh I'll travel around. Like I said, I go down to Delaware and do a lot of stuff with Bet's Garage. Um, Pioneer Polding, they give me good work here and there. Um, Transfleet, Concrete, some guys I do like pictures and stuff. I mean, I never thought I'd do all that kind of stuff. Um, but like I said, it pays the bills. They're yeah. great customers. And, you know, like I said, it keeps growing. So I don't even, like most of this stuff is word to mouth. And it's a lot easier when you have people involved in racing because, you know, if you think about it, you know, somebody that owns an electrical company, you know, somebody that owns right. a graphics company, a masonry, you know, it's, it's endless. And honestly, like your racing group, it's so tightly knit, um, you know, like, just like Bet's Garage with towing, you know, he helps out a lot of people and stuff and he networks himself. He's got a great business down in Delaware, but, you know, I meet him from Ed Aiken, he helped me get hooked up with him and I let her all his tow vehicles. I let her his race car too, but you know, he gives me a lot of work and stuff. Just like with uh, Bobby Morton, I told you, I let her Porsches down in Jersey. That's Dave Reinhardt, Kyle Reinhardt's dad. He helped me get into there and keep customers happy. Um, so really most of my connections are through racing. And, and uh, it's, it's cool because it's easy to talk to these customers. I, you know, got something to connect with them with. And, uh, you know, they kind of know me going to the races all the time. But it's also different when you deal with somebody through business. So, you know, I got a good transition into things and you know some people come to me and they don't know who the hell i am and just know me for quality of work but um it, it, it works out end of the day yeah. and like i said it's cool how kind of things have been growing so i'm hoping like said, to keep growing as the year goes on so where did the name chop come from how, how did you come up with that uh my my mom she uh used to call me chop all the time when we were growing up so it's just okay. like uh, yeah graphics <laughs> out in california his name's tony yankowski so yak and i guess he talks a lot is what i hear from uh, <laughs> but, uh you know i kind of wanted to i didn't want to name it br graphics i didn't want to name it raymer graphics i kind of want to keep it something that's you know a little close to home um you know i liked you know my mom as we were growing up and stuff she used to call me that all the time so kind of just makes it personal and like i said yeah. just i wanted a cool nickname so something different it, uh, yeah. yeah exactly um, so be, being an entrepreneur, you talked about that earlier, you know, you're 27, right? You said you're 27. 
Turning 27. Yep. You're an entrepreneur and you're like knee deep in it. You're not going to get away from it anytime soon. Uh, so that's like probably hopeful. And I'm, and that's a good thing that you're, you're, you're that involved and you're just going successfully because that's ultimately that life is more important than racing. If it's not your career, right? If you're racing for a career, then you're going to do some things around life with that. So you're an entrepreneur, you got a good business and I hear there's a marriage coming up. Yeah. Uh, leaving about a week to, uh, go to Jamaica. So we're going to go get married down there and, uh, you know, spend a back. What are we spending? Seven days down there? <laughs> Seven days. So. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. So I knew this was coming. And actually, we just had Cody, if you listen to the end of that a little bit, he was talking about, uh, you know, we won't, we're not going to divulge too many details here, but you're scheduled to be around his area in the next week, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about too much there. He, we, we talked about it briefly. And it was funny that uh, I may have seen a preview of the, the scheme. And um, it had chop design right there, and I'm like, huh, how things come full circle We're talking about tonight? So I let her um, too many people's cars. <laughs> so like, I'm glad that he actually uh, came on board last year and do up his stuff, make it look good for a change. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got him. Agreed. Got, got him. him. <laughs> the closer. So, <laughs> you can't even uh, fight back. Something you mentioned earlier um, with Daikin and HVAC distributors. So I know this past season that uh, six, eight races maybe. And I know uh, you and I talked throughout the season that you really wanted to present something to them for more for 2023. And it sounds like that really came through. Uh, so hopefully that little, uh, I did a little video for Brandon, Jimmy and Chris, if you don't know, did a little video for Brandon. Uh, hopefully that was uh, uh, played a tiny, tiny, tiny little part in, uh, helping out this year uh, with Daikin and HVAC. And I know, uh, so Becca, your your fiance, uh, soon to be wife, her dad, right? Todd, yep. if I got it right. And yep. he is involved with, with that company a little bit. Like how, how does Todd help out with, with the team and the connection there? Uh, he works at HVAC distributors that okay. obviously sells Daikin heating and air equipment, but um, he's kind of our connection into Daikin and stuff. Like they have a certain you know, advertising money that they got to spend throughout the year or else they lose it. And that was kind of our connection last year. And we did about, I think we had about 10 or 15 races um, between Lincoln and running the Grove. Um, but this year they're going to be on the car the whole year. Um, awesome. you know, we were able to travel a little bit more with them. They help us out a lot. Um, and I'm just, like I said, it's a good partnership. Um, you know, they got expectations and we'll hopefully be able to keep them and we should be able to keep them. Um, but I'd like to say it's just growing this between me and Dykin and HVAC and Todd. And hopefully we'll keep it going because, like you said, you need everything you can nowadays. It's obviously yeah. getting harder to week in, week out of racing, especially if tires are going up in price to another 12%. So, um, you know, this should help out a lot besides just running Lincoln. And I told you about them races that we're running, you know, a little bit more at the Grove. We're going to travel. We're like Daikin, on top of the money they gave us, is going to give money back to the racetracks too. So it's not just like, you know, one and here's, you know, some money and stuff to go run. It's, hey, we want to put on a show at Grove. We want to put on a show at Lernerville, you know, all different locations in PA where HVAC Distributors has one of their, obviously, locations that they can tie into their business and help advertise. Um, so really, it's just, it's just a good deal. The, you know, it's hard to find a sponsor that, wants to help out with the race car 
along with wanting to give back to racetracks. Um, you know, my dad kind of did it good with uh, Leffler Energy. Um, they obviously sponsored my dad, but they also helped out with the racetracks and they gave water trucks and stuff. So just like I said, it's just a cool sponsor. Um, they did some uh, IMSA cars a couple years ago that didn't pan out too well, but I'm hoping that, uh, like I said, there's a lot of HVAC businesses that buy Dykin equipment and stuff from those guys that uh, it all can tie in. And, you know, I'm hoping we can market it very well that it all works out for everybody and it should. So the photographer question, the photographer guy, the white car photos really well. Your black and green car was pretty <laughs> badass, but without, uh, you don't have to spoil anything or put it out there, but will the Daikin HVAC distributors be on the car all season? Are you going to do white based? Are you going to have one scheme first of all? And if one you are, is one of them going to be mainly white? Uh, it's going to be one scheme and it's going to be mostly white. Yep. My man. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. No. Uh, the, the, listen, the black car photoed really well because of the green and the blue. Like I have a lot of really good pictures of that black and green white and car, but that white car, man, it just, it just pops. So uh, earlier you talked about the Williams Grove and the left rear drive and all the, like the being left, being left. There was a night at the Grove. It had to be one of the first three races of the season you were there. And watch you go down the front stretch, and that thing, I'm telling you, it had to be two feet off the ground the right front, it looked like. And I tried to get a good picture of the damn thing, and it was too dusty. None of them came out right. I even took a picture, and I, I saved it because it, it's a crappy picture. But I saved it as one of those I wish I would have gotten kind of pictures. That thing was just, like, I, I don't even know how you could see on the front of it. it had to, you had to be looking at the sky. It is that, like, you probably weren't, but is that unsettling, knowing, like, hey, this thing has to land and I got to turn. Is that unsettling a little bit? Uh, I mean, honestly, to go into the turn and stuff, kind of the way we used to set up the cars, the right front used to push off the ground all the time. And then it would smack down going in the turn. Then you had to re-steer. But uh, eh, I mean, mostly it's just, like I said, if you're too far left, you're not really steering that well going into the turn. Like every time I feel like I'm fast, I steer in with the right front and I can enter on the gas with it. And, uh, you know, you're not cheating it or nothing like that, but yeah, I mean, it's not fast anymore. Like, what do you think's better Four tires on the ground or three, you know, so <laughs> have more control when it comes to four, but, uh, I don't know what we had in it, <laughs> races. but like I said, at, towards the end and stuff, it was definitely a lot better. I just like, I love racing Williams Grove. It's a technical racetrack. Um, I always felt like I kind of ran better there when I did go. Um, but you got a little bit more time to think down the straightaway. Um, and when the track's right, you know, I don't care what anybody says. I think it put on the great racing. Um, it's just a matter of widening out through the night to make it that way, you know, yeah. but mm -hmm. I mean, most of the time now it, I don't, it doesn't matter whether you go to Williams Grove or Lincoln or Babs, it just feels like the dirt has changed and I'm sure the tires changing has a way of doing it too and plays a factor, but it just doesn't widen out like it used to it stays grittier um until 10 15 laps to go that's when you can feel and i'm being generous with 10 or 15 laps that's when you can finally feel that you can race and actually pass people but it's just said it's just the way what you got to get used to that's the way the pa, PA tracks are now um grandview uh their racetrack seems to always be fairly consistent and their racetrack was a little bit more grittier this year but we were only there once um the top went away and then it was kind of just mostly around the bottom but you know I, I don't know it's just just different deals now um i can't get the car to 
go when the track's really dirty and it's got all that loose crumbly stuff around, you know, it's not stuck to me. It doesn't feel comfortable. I'm sure that's what half the guys in Ohio got to deal with. Um, they don't build up no pre or uh, heat in their tires or anything. And I'm sure they got more wheel spin than us, but when the track's clean, it's easy to get the car set up and get it to stick and up on the right rear and go, but just, just different deal. So at the end of the season, you took a pretty hard tumble. Was it might've the last race or second to last race? You took a pretty hard tumble. You good, pretty good in that one. I saw you walked away, but, uh, yeah. were, were you banged up at all in that one? Uh, yeah, a little, a little bit. Um, I got enough, uh, you know, cushion and stuff, you know, I absorbed the impact, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, I smacked the right where I got a little too high. The curb in three and four was a little too high and I either misjudged or it slid a little bit in and there was only about a foot of playroom and, uh, screwed up, but it, 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 that's not the first time I, uh, screwed up on the last race of the year. I took out, uh, tele two telephone poles. Um, I think my first or second year and, uh, going in a three. So something with that turns gets to me. <laughs> that was uh that was a pretty bad, I was actually in three and four that night. And that was a, that was a, it, from, from where I was standing, you, you took a pretty good tumble there and that cushion, like you said, you had about a foot left and you used about a foot and a half of it. So yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you weren't alone though. It was, it, it looked sketchy to me. Like the whole second half of that feature looked sketchy through three and four a lot of guys had a lot of close calls and it was like, I, I, I like cringed a couple times, like, Oh, somebody's going to get it. And uh, you, you were that guy. So yeah, uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, um, you get the medal. <laughs> yeah. You get the award that time. Yeah, Listen, I, but it wasn't many this year. There was a lot more that, that ate it more often in three and four than I feel like I remember seeing in recent years, three and four. I, so kind of leads me to this question, the Lincoln track prep, they've stopped really messing with that track a lot here the last probably two years. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? I feel like fans hated when they knocked the cushion down, they smoothed it out, made it, they wanted it to be wider. Uh, I feel like it didn't leave much left for 358s. Not that that's your problem, but I feel like it's had to build a curb up here this last year, year and a half when they kind of stopped touching it uh, throughout the night for the most part. What are your thoughts on that? And, am I right? Or am I in the ballpark with saying that? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know how hard it is. I mean, throughout the year and stuff, all the conditions change when it comes to weather, um, how the dirt absorbs moisture, um, what Fred does with the racetrack and everything obviously determines, you know, what the vision is there and stuff like some nights, like three fifty eights, they widen out the racetrack. But when you have legend cars there, they don't really do nothing to the racetrack. Um, the Thunder cars, when they used to be there about 10 years ago, they would at least bring back the moisture that came up through the track. So, and, you know, track prep and stuff, I think they used to put a lot more calcium down. They used to do stuff that would suck up and keep the moisture, and the track would stay pretty good. It actually felt like clay. Um, but, you know, the track, to me, felt racy most of the time this year. Uh, the only thing hard is, like I said, if the track, to me, isn't wide enough, you can't do nothing really on the bottom. Like to me, the bottom in three and four is like a death sentence. Um, unless you're kind of driving across. Yeah. Really and it's just like any with how these guys race nowadays, it's all momentum. So if you're not building up your speed as quick as you can, like you can't run thirty laps on the bottom unless it's completely blown off and say, Hey, I'm gonna win this race. Yeah. So, you know, this year you had to and the last two years, I think you got to move around a lot more. You got to put your car in a position that, you know, do I want to run fifth tonight or 
you know, that happened in the first five laps. Um, you know, some nights I <laughs> try to make evasive maneuver. Other nights, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'll give it half a laugh and maybe then guys will stop racing with each other so I can get in there. But, um, you know, I think like I said now that the cars the better and stuff will be able to make those kind of moves. But, you know, back to the surface and stuff, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, like I said, uh, earlier on in the night, especially like middle of the summer, the tracks are obviously a lot drier. Um, when they get that probably stuff on, it's, you know, I don't know if just don't have enough push trucks to kind of go around and either spritz it and work it down. But then if you spritz it, that'll bring up more dust. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of hard. It ain't an easy job or else it, they'd be able to get it right. Not every time. Right. Every night. Yeah. <laughs> if is. they put in a good effort, you know, just like I said, if, just like the drivers and all the crew guys and stuff that put in a good effort to make sure the car is good, it should all work out, which they did. They have, you know, it's, they put out an effort. I'm just, for Hopefully sure it's good so yeah and it's funny watching you were talking about how guys drive today momentum and the way the track the way it's changed you know i grew up i'm 40 so i grew up watching your dad just roll the bottom year after year and race after race after race and 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 it worked right even if no one else was he he was able to make that work for i don't care if it was a 20 25 30 35 40 40 lap race he was sort of the master at it right whereas like we always talked about brian monteith was the master at the wall your dad was that guy it was just just didn't matter what was going on he could make it work and you don't see that very often anymore and it seems like it's monkey see monkey do that when one guy finds it they all go all of you go and it's a train right so there hasn't been many times like lately, I think Brent did it once this year when he ran Larson down. Uh, what race was that? Speed was that a Speed Week show? I think that was a Speed Week second. The speed week, week, week show, where like yep. he kind of ran Larson down on the bottom. But you don't see that very much anymore. Do you, what do you do? You attribute that to the track, the cars, both the drivers, a different different generation. What, what do you think causes that? Uh, probably a little bit of both. Um, like you said, I mean, your driving style now has got to be go go go. Um, I mean, when my dad was racing his last year, he was really good on the bottom. Um, and he would actually float to the top and hit the curb. You know, when he was a little younger and stuff, he'd be <laughs> four over the curb. Yeah. But no, nah, I mean, like I said, the racetrack, you obviously got to be a smart driver and read the racetrack. Um, you know, I think Brent found the bottom with a couple laps to go and stuff and was able to chase down Larson. Um, I mean, I honestly, like with Larson and stuff, he obviously set the bar for how hard he drives throughout the night. Yeah. So, you know, it's like if you're running locally um, versus like World of Outlaw stuff where you got to be on top of the wheel all the time, you sometimes slow down. So, you know, everybody nowadays is a family owned team or, you know, they only got one or two cars back home. So they kind of race differently than somebody that would come in and, you know, I got six cars and right. back at home. What the hell do I care if I wear this thing out? Like we got to go to Port Royal this year. And, you know, I, it's my first time up at Port Royal. I never raced there, but, uh, you know, now if it was Port Royal two, three years ago where you got to put around the bottom and keep up your speed that way. Now it's going to go knock out an axle. <laughs> right. the wall, right. you know, it's, <laughs> it's comes up so close and you have no trial for error. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping it ain't going to be like at the end of the year, like it was last year, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited. Like all these new racetracks and stuff. Um, it gives me a little bit different approach. Uh, I just, like I said, going to Lincoln for the last 
three to four years home, kind of, you know, you kind of get stuck in your bubble and I need something that just kind of gets me out of that and I can kind of improve myself. Like I said, if you're quickest, you're got a clean head and just drive the car like you should instead of overthinking, oh, well, I'm not going to stick if I run the top at Lincoln on the first lap, but you just do it when you're at somewhere else or just don't think about it anymore, you know, so it's completely different. I have one last question. I'll let these guys finish up and we'll get to some thanks and, and you know, uh, kind of your 2023. What do you, what is your driving style in your mind? Who, who what kind of driver are you? What is your style? Um, do you think about that? Do you, do you, do you kind of categorize yourself at all in, in any of that? Uh, probably I wouldn't compare myself to anybody. I really haven't really even thought of that. Um, I know that just like I said, me and Freddie are two different drivers. Um, like I said, I'm a little bit more conservative when it comes to the car, but you know, if I wreck the thing, I'm the only one that's going to be fixing it. So that kind of <laughs> got me stuck, uh, you know, just racing for my dad and stuff, you know, it'd be different if you race for somebody and then, you know, they don't care if you tear up three or four, of them. but, um, yeah, I wouldn't say anybody in comparison. Um, it's kind of interesting too. And I was thinking in the back of my mind, um, between like when my dad had Stevie Smith drive for him versus when my dad drove his last year, my dad would run the dead bottom. Stevie would run the whole half a lane up and Stevie, when he drove the top would be completely on the top versus my dad floating up to it and stuff. Still being able to keep up with his momentum, just a totally different racer, totally different driver, but they, they still got the same exact results done. They're still winning races. So, yeah. um, you know, should I drive one handed sometimes the way <laughs> I am with the car? Like I got that <laughs> part video that it's a little, it's a little different, but, um, I just got like monkey arms. So I think that's probably why I do it. But, uh, you know, just, I never even thought about comparing myself to somebody, but, uh, you know, hopefully just being me is enough. So <laughs> no, and, and it is, and I really wasn't saying like, Hey, do you, do you, do you compare like, Hey, someone's results or whatever, more of like a stylistic, do you, you know, would you rather rip the top if it was your preference or would you rather run the bottom or is it, Hey, I just want to pass the car. I don't care how the hell I do it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if the car feels good, you can go anywhere. So, I mean, yeah. I kind of, the last couple of years and stuff, just, I do like running the top and everything, but really the most fun, like when you're at Lincoln and stuff is when you can move anywhere and just pass cars and move on to the next guy. Um, but yeah, not, I ain't got a preference. If the car feels good, that's when you're having fun and that's when you're passing. So. And you talked about Lincoln and I, I, I apologize. And I've heard different views on this is turn one and two harder or three and four harder at Lincoln. Cause I think from a distance, if, if you sat outside as a fan, you look at those two corners and you're like, it's an oval. But I think we all, all of us sitting here, and you're you're the most likely to know this. It's very different, both ends of that track, entry and exit to both sides. What what's your the most difficult for you, the challenge, most challenging for you to figure out? Uh, I'd probably say with three and four, um, one and two to me is more fluent. Um, it's uh, it doesn't have as much banking and stuff, but it seems a little bit wider. It's kind of to me, kind of just like Williams Grove, one and two through Williams Grove is a lot more fluent. Then you get to three and four, it's a lot tighter corner. Um, I think like if Lincoln would move in the fence in three and four and make it more fluent, just like one and two, it'd be a lot easier. So you don't got to wait into the center as much to get off. But then again, too, driving across and keeping up your speed is what you got to do different there. But it's like I said, each, it's just like anything. It's two different deals it's you know might be yeah. at the same but it's two different 
things that you got to try to adapt to when you go there. But, you know, I've been going there forever, so it's kind of <laughs> right. on, on average, how many times a year do you hit the inside wall trying to figure out three and four? <laughs> too, too many. <laughs> too many. <laughs> Chris, Jimmy, I'll throw it to you guys. What do you got? Well, I guess my thing, kind of piggybacking on what Brandon just said there, Brandon, you talked about all the years going to Lincoln, obviously watching your dad's career. Um, so it's a two-parter. Question one, obviously his national open win was huge for him. How big was that for you growing up, going to races with him every week and knowing how much that race meant? And then my follow-up would be, what would be your favorite race to win? Uh, I mean, I, I honestly think with uh... – my dad and stuff, everything that kind of came together for that national open win, like Brent Kading came in. Um, my dad's really good friend Cajun came in um, and just being the last year and stuff. And after having racing for somebody else and getting fired and then coming back next year with a really strong year, obviously uh, you can't really get no more emotional with that. Right. And, you know, I never honestly see my dad that excited before. So um, it, it was definitely, like I said, one of the coolest experiences I ever had. My mom was a wreck, you know. Was- <laughs> <laughs> right. Like from a fan perspective, it was, it was nuts because we knew yeah. how much that yeah. publicly meant to him. And then yeah. to have it happen. And then you hear Victor Lane, like, ah, Lynn Paxton, yeah. the whole thing. is like, So I was just intrigued from your side, like what that was like. I mean, if you're writing a book, that's the way you'd write it, right? I mean, and we all got to see that. You Yourself closer <laughs> than all of us. But like, it was just like, like the... It, it's hard to explain, but yeah, I mean, it was a storybook. I mean, you can't make mm-hmm. that up. It, it almost makes you, when we look at like NASCAR and, and professional sports and saying something's rigged and it was meant to be, that's as close as we got to it in central <laughs> PA as far as sprint cars go. Right. Like it felt that yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, my dad, that was the only race my dad never won. So right. kind of, you know, he checked everything off his list. <laughs> um, but on your second question, um, I'd probably say uh, I'd like the Dirt Classic and stuff since, awesome. like I said, that's the biggest race at Lincoln. Um, and honestly, I just like the coin that uh, Moose Blocks makes. Um, you know, that's the <laughs> coolest trophy in the world. And, you know, it's just like the Chili Bowl. You know, they only make $10,000, right. but they get a driller. So driller, just right. the sentimental value of it's the coolest thing. That's awesome. I love to hear Would that. because. You- that's the first guy that hasn't said the national open and I'm here for it. Let's go. <laughs> well, you only race Lincoln most of the time. What do you think? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Every, wait till, everyone wait. else is like, yeah. even Jaden Wolf is like, ah, national open. <laughs> like, they're classic. I love it. I'm here for well, it. We'll do this interview 365 days from now. After you ran almost uh, a bunch of races at Williams Grove and see if you feel the same way. Even better see if the national open classic. isn't the one. When he wins um, the classic. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, national yeah, open. yeah. <laughs> I checked that off the list. That's done. Um, <laughs> Speaking of the, you talked about Tulsa and you talked about the Chili Bowl a little bit. Is that something you'd ever want to do? Uh, I honestly probably would rather travel with the 410 somewhere yeah. than doing the Chili Bowl. Yet, you know, to me, it's kind of, I'm not as adaptable as most, but, you know, I'd rather go somewhere. Like we went out to Cocopa the one year and that was a cool experience. Besides just racing, we were out in freaking Arizona and it was a good time, but, and not, not really. You know, that really doesn't entice uh let's we'll not ask about a win but what would be a track you'd want to go to just to race at right now if you could mm, i'd probably say like what the hell would i say I, i'd probably like to try knoxville yeah knoxville would be a good choice volusia would be a little too fast um <laughs> races under my belt it's crazy how them guys go down there for you know 144 mile per hour average and then do that right at the beginning of the year it's insane um, isn't it 
like Freddie, he went out to, to Larry and raced and just seeing him race a 360 at Tulare, I'm like, now nah, this, this <laughs> I'm going to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay in the cold. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, you talked a little bit about trying to get out for next year, obviously. And you mentioned two tracks, Grandview and Lernerville, who happen to have a high limit race. Are those two races in the cards? And I just would like to hear your perspective on what high limit can mean for sprint car racing as a whole. Uh, I mean, Grandview will definitely be on the race schedule. Um, Lernerville, I think we're doing a speed week race there. Um, I think that's the 3000 to win one, but, uh, um, you know, the high limit stuff to me seems like I said, it's all for the beneficial, you know, of sprint car racing. Um, I don't know the issue with the outlaws and the high limit deal and everything is stepping on each other's toes, but you know, honestly, I think sprint cars, if you're a top tier team, should be able to show up wherever the hell you want to wherever the hell the most amount of money is say I get the race there and then go home. It shouldn't be, you know, if you're, I understand the way the traveling series stuff is too, but you're going to go where the money is. So that's how it used to be. Why can't it be now? Right. Yeah. I, I I tend to agree with you. I don't understand the the limiting of it. Um, It just sounds silly to me, but um, so Tell us a little bit about, um, we've held you up long enough, by the way. Thank you for all this time. Yeah, uh, getting to know you and, and your story a little bit. And I, I we couldn't couldn't be more uh, happy yeah, that you were awesome. willing to do this. So t- t- thank your sponsors, man. Shout out who helps you uh, get up and down the road, uh, literally this year. Uh, who's going to help you out? Uh, like I said, the big ones now are uh, Dykin and HVAC's distributors. Um, we have another one actually on the way. Um, hopefully that we're working on, we're going to figure out in January, awesome. but you now, uh, pioneer pole buildings, Livingston lawn care, spectral oils, um, Gene Lotta, um, all them guys helped last year and stuff. And, you know, hopefully keep, keep them on this board this year and keep them happy. Um, hopefully see how it goes and it's all for the better. All right. Great. Uh, sure. we did get two fan questions. If we could get to them before you right. go. Uh, Kelly Donnelly asked earlier, Hey, Brandon, who is your engine builder and what shocks do you use? Uh, we use uh, Kistler race engines with Travis. He's got a good relationship with them. And we use a uh, cage suspension, uh, Drew. So yeah, uh, helping us out this year and getting us on the right track. Is that a, is that a new partnership with cage or did you finish the season with that? We finished the season with that. And Drew, like okay. I said, he's real responsive. And yep. like I said, everybody in the country seems to be running his stuff. And yeah. like I said, he's transparent with everything and you know helps us out um so yeah pretty much you know he's helped us out a good bit i I feel like we talked with troy wagman a few weeks ago i don't know if you caught any of that or heard it but he noticed we we talked about that a lot about like the middle of his season just like you know he went to the cage stuff with drew and it, it just all sort of came together for him with what they were on their track with so uh, you know, sprint car racing, I mean, you've lived it your whole life is a lot of monkey see monkey do. And, and I think KH right now is that, that, that item, which, I mean, the only other one I've heard of lately is Titan wings, uh, not to support that. I don't know anything about anything, but I feel like that those are the two big ones the last maybe six months of that I've heard of. Is there another one that you've, you've kind of seen a trend of like, Hey, they're doing it. We're all doing it. Mm, yeah. I mean, like I said, Drew would be the only one that I probably paid attention to from KH yeah. that, you know, hey, he's on Brent Marks' stuff, and he saw he's on Troy's stuff. Um, you know, wings to me, uh, you know, I'm on Roach wings, and his wings have always been good for the last freaking years. Yeah. Um, but I ran uh, top flight wings, which is what Titan wings were when I was with my dad. Um, but, yeah, it, you know you know how it is. It's 
monkey see monkey do in racing. Everybody, for sure. Like when my, my dad would come out with something, um, and then next week, there, there, the next guy would have it that's parked right aside of us. It's like, oh man, we don't even yeah. know what it does yet, and here you are having it. You yeah, know? <laughs> I'll never forget. I, I will never forget a story. This is years and years and years ago. Your dad won at Lincoln one night, and just that that thing was ripping off the bottom. I mean, just would drive right. One of those vintage like. Just roll the bottom nice and easy, just just a rocket off the bottom, right? And he gets in victory lane and says, it's got the special winner's rear end in it or something, whatever. And it was like people in the stands were going, oh, my God. I, I bet there was a whole pit road full of winner's rear ends the next week. I, there had to be. Like, I, I will never forget that. Like, you don't hear a ton of that in victory lane these days about it was something super unique and special. And Hell, knowing your dad, it probably wasn't anything. It was probably the same shit he'd been running for two years, but <laughs> yeah. he may have been playing mind games. I feel like that's something your dad would have done. But Definitely. It, it is... Right foot mind games. <laughs> uh, yeah. That stood out to me that night, and I feel like it's still that way a little bit. When there's uh, something new, fresh, and somebody wins with it, it's like, oh, my God, what, what are we missing here? Yeah, and honestly, like now that I think about it, uh, I'd say a lot of people have been switching to maxims that I've been paying attention to. Like we've had a um, wait, we're still waiting on cars and stuff. Um, but uh, I think Sheldon switched. I think Sam Hayferty switched. Um, that'd be another good, you know, choice yeah. of what the hell's popular nowadays. <laughs> but um, as far as I'm seeing, so interesting. Right, and Jimmy, the second question you had there. Uh, we had one from Brad, and this was going back to talk about track prep earlier. Uh, do you think tracks were keeping it wetter intentionally to use less tire due to the shortages? Other than Ohio. <laughs> yeah, Ohio. Um, uh, I think they were, um, but I think they kind of got away from it. Um, I don't know. It's To me, our tire wear, it doesn't matter what they did. You know, I couldn't take the two tires. I maybe could have taken a left rear but I had to throw away the right rear. So it's going to be interesting with the new tires, how they're going to pan out. I don't really know if, uh, you know, like I said, if, if they're going to be a stepper sidewall, I think that's going to be good for, you know, guys, you might not be as rolled up as much. Um, it's nice that they're going to be interchangeable so you can flip them back and forth. But to me, it's if guys are going to sipe it and they're going to groove it to try to get that tire to work quicker, what's it's going to be the 400 right. bucks now that instead of the i mean i wouldn't bitch about when the tires were 236 anymore you know and i thought that was expensive during the time but uh <laughs> it's just you know i don't i don't know how it's going to pan out i don't know how they're going to do it with the supply we still have left over versus the when they're going to do the new supply versus when the outlaws do their first swing around that's what you're stuck on but then you don't got no input on how the tires work and then you're racing with the outlaws like there's a lot of questions and I'm sure they'll come out with some answers, but for right now, it's not, you know, I don't know. It's like, we just figured out how to do some stuff with our car to get it to work with these tires. And then they come now out and thing. now it's a whole new thing, which is great because it's going to switch some guys up. It's going to help some hurt others. And honestly, I hope it benefits the sport. If they say you can reuse tires twice a night, I'm all for it. Um, but you just don't know. So don't know. What are your thoughts on the fire suppression suppression system? And are you prepared to run it for day one? Or is this something you're going to put in for outlaw stuff? Uh, I, like I said, you never want to cheap out on safety. Um, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. I don't know how, like I said, you can, it's hard with sprint car racing. It's just like when they put in all these new safety bars. You can't really test anything until something bad happens. Right. Uh, I'm really not going to be putting it in until the outlaws come in. I'm going to try to the car as light as possible. Um, I mean, I'm down 25 pounds, uh, 
Good for you. Off season, so I'm trying to keep the car light, but you know, it'll it'll be in there for the outlaws and the bigger events that require it. Let's be honest, you lost the pounds for the wedding and the photos for that, didn't you? <laughs> it was just for the get the tux to fit a little better. I'll, I'll say that now just because Beck is listening. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was for the racing. <laughs> hey man, appreciate you so much. Thanks for taking the time with us. Um can't wait to see in Victory Lane, man. Um, you know, you're due, and I think you guys are going to figure this out. I know that's a good team you got behind you, and, uh, you know, I think there's definitely good days ahead this year. Um, I, I think you pick a win off at of Williams Grove. I, that's my prediction. Let's you're going to pick a win off at of Williams Grove this year. for it. And Chris's favorite track, I did that for him. Um, yeah, I also, I'm there every single night, so I will burn out Victory Lane, and I will see yeah. you there. Yeah, awesome. I'm hoping that too. That's like I said, I, I got a couple seconds at the Grove, but I haven't won there yet. So that one would probably be uh, top of the list for me. So I appreciate Bye that. Guy. Well, awesome. Hey, happy holidays. Happy yes. New Year. Enjoy the wedding. Get yes. some get some time away from everything. Enjoy that weather while we're up here freezing our ass off. <laughs> we'll yeah, be thanks uh, so much for joining us. We'll be thinking of you. <laughs> no problem, guys. Thanks for having me thanks, on, buddy. Thank Take you. care, thank Brandon. Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Cody, as well. I want to thank everybody here. Uh, thank you, thank you, Brad and and Kelly, who who chimed in with some questions, and all you guys who have been chiming in with comments. Really appreciate everybody watching us live. If you're not watching us live and you're listening to us later, make sure you give us a like. Please subscribe. Uh, please share. You know we're trying to grow this thing a little bit, and uh, we're working pretty hard at it. So um, we want to appreciate we appreciate everything that everybody does to help, to help us out. And we hope sure, you yeah. guys are enjoying the show. So said, yeah. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, like all of it. Just go find us. A few extra minutes tonight. Uh, you know, probably asked Brandon 63,000 questions there, but uh, super insightful. Uh, you know, he's, he's a young guy doing a lot of stuff and, you know, he's been around racing his whole life, but um, you know, we're, listen, we're a racing podcast, but his life is a lot about racing and non-racing which is yep. listen and everybody we've had on here has a job let's like we haven't had any career racers on here yet uh but you know for a guy who grew up literally literally in the middle of like lived and breathed racing uh you know you can tell that he he tries to balance that and and that's pretty that's really respectable because it would just be easy to just be racing right and and what he does so super cool um you know looking forward to cody i think you know, I talked about Cody there and his consistency this past year. And I think Cody wins six races this year somewhere, whether it's Williams Ooh. Grove or Lincoln. I think he's going to win six races if the we equipment stays together. I, 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 he, he could have won five. He could have won yeah. five this past year. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just, it, and that's how hard it is in Central PA to win races. And, you know, you look at the year Cam Smith had, he did win six races at Lincoln. Right. Like, that's incredible. Like, think mm-hmm. about that. And and to win it in that division, things go right, pass the right cars, made the right decisions, the heat races, the draws, the everything. Cody has that ability to do that, and he has the equipment, and he has the program. I think Cody's going to win multiple races this year, and it could be at both tracks, more than two tracks. He, I, right. You know, I don't know if they race going to race maybe enough outside of Williams Grove and Lincoln to do it in 358 because you never know with weather and how that goes, but – you know, I think both of these guys, 2023 could be, could be quite the season for both of them. And it was pretty awesome to see Brandon with the sponsorship and being able to expand yeah. a little bit this year, man, is that, that's good news. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see both of them. Cause as a guy I came into this, didn't know much about either one other than what I saw last year. I'm excited for Cody 
getting a good shot to have a, a full season plus the 410 races. And Brandon, he understands how to drive. He's won three races. He knows. Now he's got mm-hmm. a chance to go out and do it. And that's yeah. that's awesome to see. And like even clearing his mind about just racing somewhere else. I think that's yeah. right. That's that awesome. alone is just going to be a mental boost. It sounds like just to roll into the track, unload at some, something different and not have any preconceived notions of the week before the race before the whatever before and just go like he talked about was at the Grandview race where he just rolled out yeah. a trailer and, and went and just went battle right. bread for, for the heat. Right. Like right. just drive. And that, that I, I can understand that, uh, you know, a little bit of like, you know, doing the same thing, expecting different results is the definition of insanity. Right. So I would imagine, like he said, staying in that bubble at Lincoln sometimes can just get, get like, okay, I got, I got to do something different. So that's pretty cool. But my hot take is Cody Hartlob, uh, Jeff Gordon fan. So, creeping up the list <laughs> that's that's it that's what he got out of this i mean come on that's i just had to put that back out there any future drivers that are looking to come on if you want your way to chris lynn's heart just say that you like jeff gordon oh there you go. god it's jg it, dakota thought it was for jordan gibbler jordan gibbler's oh. up there but JG. oh my god jg wouldn't run his colors the no, real he jg no he wouldn't well, the real jg does mint. rainbow only F and mint F and mint. all right Keep an eye on socials for keep an eye on socials for the next episode. Yes. Uh, we we're gonna have some cool stuff coming. Uh, yep. We're not sure. Just keep an eye on socials. That's all I can say. We have some definitely things Thursday. Up. Come back Thursday. We should have next week's guest lined up and release then. Correct. Well, yep. I mean, it's definitely you have correct. To I just said wait it. and see. I guess. I guess I mean, you have to wait and see. Wait I and just see. I just said it. So I do want to tune it in. This is our last show of 2022. We'll see you all in 2023. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good night. Thanks, guys.